your call. It is your game. It is your creation. Oh my god, they're so indubious. About to have an optimal theory for playing the game. Whatever you focus upon becomes your truth. Whoa! So, hey, we're actually live right now. Nice. And this is the Living in Dubiously podcast. And today we have none other than the fantastic, dynamic, beautiful, amazing, heartful, hilarious, dear friend of mine, Dakota Mucky. There are a lot of adjectives. We'll, we'll see if I can live up to them. I'm going to do my best. Well, let's just say this. You are what you are, and we're going to have to accept it. <laughs> Am yeah. I right? I got to work on that, getting a compliment and, and then not immediately self-deprecating myself. Well, I think there's something there's something whole, wholesome about that. You know, I don't think that we, I think it's healthy to understand that, you know, it's not us. It's just the light shining through, Aww. you know, but what we can, yeah. what we can um, take full credit for is um, being clear containers, you know. Mm. You know, cut slapping our ego down regularly and staying on top of it. And yeah. I mean, that's that's how we stay good, right? Mm. Slapping it down. Slapping Slap, it down. Slapping down the ego. I've been loving you your live today? streams, man. Are you? I'm uh, sorry, say it again. That I've been loving your live streams, man. It's oh, all thanks, improv, dude. right? It's um, all improv. Sometimes little songs that, I, um, that I've done before slip in there, but. Little jingles? Yeah, you know, I have actually taken a step back from I haven't done it the past two weeks and I haven't even made any announcements. I just honestly, man, it was kind of wearing me out. There's something, you know, the reason I started doing it is because it really takes me out of my comfort zone because I'm not used to doing it at all. Like, I'm not used to playing by myself. I'm used to having at least Skip with me. So it's like this power in numbers thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and then especially just doing the straight improv. Like, sometimes, sometimes I go into that, like, really nervous, having no idea what I'm going to do. But um, something always comes out of it, and it's cool. Um, I just kind of, I just think I kind of lost steam on it because I have so much going on right now, you know. And it doesn't, you don't really get the same uh, energetic feedback that you get from a real show. Definitely. Yeah. Are you, so are you just going straight into the boss RC 505? Do you have any other, like, are you running any program with it? Or are you just looping through that? So I'm, everything is going through that. Well, not everything. So, well, yeah, everything is so that, cause so it all can loop, but first I'm going through logic and then I'm using my logic plugins and then I'm okay. just channeling. It took me a while to figure out the uh, setup, but so it all goes in. So I go going through logic. So my mic's going through logic too. So I can do cool delays and reverbs and what and whatnot. And then that goes right into the um, boss uh, nice. looper. And that's the same one you use, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Not not anymore. I just like kind of changed my setup. So now I gotta. Now I need to. I'm probably gonna sell it. But yeah, I don't. Do you I don't use it now? anymore. So now, so yeah, this is what I'm doing on September 10th. Is kind of like showcasing this new setup, and I've been taking all these coaching sessions, and it's been a pain in the ass. But uh, what are you basically, doing? Basically, basically, I'm looping completely through Ableton Session View, okay. um, kind of like a DJ would do, basically. And and every once in a while, I'll trigger like an audio sample or something, so something that's not purely looped. But that way, like I'm using a DJ controller. I've got a, a MIDI foot controller that. Um, triggers yeah. some loops and stuff, but that way everything's controlled by the same click, same clock, and I can yeah. uh, 
yeah, it's a, it's been really great to just be able to have everything in that one. Are you kind of freaked out about doing something completely new though? So scared, dude. That I've I have barely I'm almost there, but I've barely been able to get through a full set without like thing. Every single time you launch a new scene, you're in a new BPM, and yeah. like anything could go wrong. And uh, like even just messing with the DJ controller, if I'm live. But you could do this on a looper too. But like, uh-huh. if I just press the wrong button, there'll just be no sound. Yeah. Like just like that. So yeah, I've been rehearsing and that's happened, and I'm like, oh shit. Like, well, you I just keep rehearsing. You get. I mean, it's it, it's not so much. Oh, anything could go wrong. It's really because it's kind of a scientific thing. It only goes wrong if you do the wrong thing. So yeah. I mean, I've been using Ableton for a while, and it's funny because when I got my um, Boss RC. Uh, RC505, right? That's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. When I got it, I was like, huh, why, why don't I just do this all through Ableton? Well, I was like, well, it's kind of more complicated and this gives me a way to kind of step back and do something that's like simple and contained. So it's mm. funny. We're kind of going in opposite <laughs> directions here. It's funny though. You know what it is, bro? Is it's just, per- they're just permission slips that are giving us permission to feel more excited about what we do. And sometimes it's really, it's really important to break outside of the box of what we've been doing for so long for creativity's sake. Dude, it like mm. opens up whole new worlds, you know, just like doing yeah. something in a, through a new platform. Yeah, that's what I've always, I've always, I used to be somebody who couldn't stand the technology. I remember being a kid and first learning guitar and just being like, my friends were really like techie and they're like, Oh, I got this new amp. It's got double tweeters and this and that. And I just never knew what they were talking about. And I didn't have any like want to get into that. And then I just always felt like lesser, like, man, I need to know all that. Uh, It's like every guitar player. I didn't use my strengths for the longest time. I just played. That was it. And I I hated everything technical, like a hundred percent of it. And I never got a home studio because I was just like, ah, and I used to play guitar with a, with a DJ group. Um, and I would run, he'd give me in-ears and he would run me through Ableton. And I, for the longest time, I hated it. I was just like, yeah. ah, I want to hear my sound out of my amp and I don't want yep. this click track. And um, it took me a long time to kind of cross over. But what I've realized now is the more I've learned the technology, the more the music's actually freeing, the more I can do. So now when I'm like looping through Ableton and I get this big, powerful sound and it's all on oh, time, dude, yeah. it's, it's amazing. Yeah, the at, being able to add in... Um samples is really i mean it opens up the door towards like really full sound and for us as a three-piece um it's been a huge part of people going oh my god you guys sound so fantastic for a three-piece you know it's like it's the fourth band member for sure so that's exciting so you're doing you're doing a live stream on september 9th you said september 10th yeah through a through a company called stage it so um it's not on facebook or twitch or anything like that What'd you say? Stage it. Stage it. <laughs> stage it, stage it, stage it. Yeah, that, they've been great. Um, and yeah, man, I really went all out. I spent a lot of money on just like having a really, you know, high definition, multi-cam kind uh-huh. of thing. So it's not it's not like a front room jam live stream just off my yeah. webcam. It's uh, definitely, definitely went all out for it. So, so where uh, are you going to be recording it? Out of a venue or something? No, so it's, a, it's actually the house I'm in right now, um, downstairs. So I'm in this really beautiful house in Boulder, Colorado, and mm-hmm. there's just like this wall that's all windows, and you can see the Rocky Mountains behind it. Um, and we're gonna have this like a your small. House? Well, I'm living here. It's not my house, uh, but yeah. uh, well, yeah. You know, Allie, Do you know Allie? She was uh, she she actually works for Stage It now, but she uh, 
she was at Thrive, and she used to manage Aileen Herrero. Um, huh. mm. I live with her. I'm not sure. She's. A, I might know she's her. A, she's an amazing woman. Yeah, great, so great. You would you would enjoy her. Cool, cool. Yeah, it's like I don't want to say that I do or do not know her because I maybe do, and I'm just not the best with names. But, yeah. Um. So you're living in Boulder now, man. For a little while, it's just weird. It's like I, I, it was like a semi-permanent move, but as soon as the stream's over, I've got to jet back to Indiana. And believe it or not, there's a music festival that's not canceled yet. That Whoa! They like are sending out deposits and say they have no intention of canceling. A modest Yahoo's headlining, and I'm just like, wow. I don't, you know, ho- hopefully Indiana. nothing happens, but it seems very, you know. So you're moving back to Indiana. I don't know, man. I flew back to Indiana to see some friends and take care of some business for about a week a little while ago. And while yeah. I was there, totally off a whim, I bought an RV. And then so, and I started a flight back to Colorado. So I, you know, I insured the RV, got it all ready to go, got the AAA, parked it at my aunt's, you know, shut off the battery and the propane and flew back to Colorado. And it's just kind of wow. sitting there waiting on me. So I never planned on doing that. And that decision has sort of changed my trajectory moving huh. forward it's like okay do i want to go back to colorado after these because i have some shows in indiana that's why i have to go back yeah, there but okay. when they're over it's like where do i want to go I, technically now i could go anywhere and i haven't hmm. really decided well you know what's strange is uh this weekend um i bought an rv also no you didn't <laughs> yeah it's totally a whim dude Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't me that bought it. It was it was Amber, my partner. But I was there, involved in all the aspects of it. Wow. And now we have an what RV. Kind of RV. What kind of RV? It's a ninety uh, ninety eight uh, coach. Shoot, I gotta. I have to I literally have to go look at the back of it. It's like a. Is it a Fleetwood? Um, no. Oh. No, it's not. It's a um. Uh, st- st- streamline. Okay, Cav- cavalry streamline or something like that. I, I'm me- I'm slaughtering the name, but um, it's a it's a 21 foot. It's on an E350 engine, mm. and uh, it's only got 38,000 miles on it. It's super butter, dude. Nice, that's amazing. Yeah, it's that's dope. that's a lot shorter and probably easier to drive. I'm terrified to drive. I mean, I've driven mine a little bit when I got it. Um, yeah. But it's it's a thirty foot bus, man. I can't believe they Dang. didn't like, make me get a special license. You got it. You got to get a special license for that. No, I think I think at forty feet you have to get a CDL. So I think like tour buses are generally forty feet. But I don't, I don't know. Huh. But no, I feel like I should have to get a special license because I definitely almost took out some stop signs and some dogs. Yeah. Well, you after you um after you start driving it. Oh, it's a um Gulfstream Conquest. Oh wow! I was I looked at my Google history to remember what it was, but I, it's good for me to re, just say it so I can remember it so that I don't have this issue again of looking so unintelligent on my podcast. <laughs> uh, Gulfstream Conquest, yeah. But so you start driving a big vehicle and like you're just your spatial awareness that slowly adapts to it. So you just got to give it some time. Just be yeah. hella careful in the beginning. The thing you got to really the the one thing that I say is that you need to have awareness of on top. Yeah, trees under bridges lights that's the thing because we when back when we got our um ford transit you know the one we tour with um that was where the issues came in of like hitting big branches and going under going under the little like um you know the little plaza areas where you drive in at hotels and stuff don't even bother 
Don't even yeah. bother. You got to learn the height of your vehicle because when you're yeah. going through something, it'll tell you the height. You know, way uh, easy to mess up the top. Does it have? Are there a lot of like bridges and like underpasses that are like? No, if you're, on, I mean, if you're on the main road, you don't have to really worry about it, right? No, not like not on the main road. You don't have to worry okay. about it unless you're like unless you have. You know, they have semis that are like way, way higher. I think 14 feet is like the um, minimum for the main roads and stuff. Mm. And um, your your RV is probably nine or ten. Yeah, but it's just oh, so much higher like... than a normal car. So like trees, you can mess yeah. it up with trees, bro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I'm excited and a little like anxious at the same time because like I'm gonna move into it. Like that's gonna be my home, and then. I'm gonna tow my car on the end of it, and so uh-huh. it's like a whole. It's like a whole thing. It's a whole way of life. It's like yeah. You know, so where I, are you gonna go with it? Do you don't have any plans? You're just gonna float, uh, like loosely. So I have some friends, uh, Silas and Sarah. Shout out Silas and Sarah, and uh, their dream has always been to travel and live in an RV. And they uh-huh. bought one, and they've been renovating it for a year, and. It's been a long-term plan of theirs, and I've been there and, and watched them kind of grow through it, and it's really looking yeah. great, and they're almost done with it. And so we've always talked, like, man, like if I got a bus or RV too, and we could just like go to national parks and caravan. So if they're ready um, by the winter, then they've been renovating I, it for a year. They've been renovating for a while, yeah, because they're like, uh, you know, when they get the money, they'll go do okay. some extra things. I was gonna say, and, damn, that shit better look nice, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, they're killing it, man. They they really like took everything out. I, I want to do mine similar, but uh, like like they got rid of the table. You know, most mm-hmm. RVs, especially in the '90s, a table with a booth. Yeah. The table kind of folds up, and the booth yeah. turns into a bed. It's called a like dinette, it, bro. I'm sorry, man. Jesus, dinette. I don't know these words. Yeah, that they, folds down to a bed, right? Yeah, yeah, dinette, yeah. dinette. Tight, tight. Well, they turned that into a. They got rid of that completely and turned it into like a bar area with some oh. stools like that lock in and dude it creates so much space because like i want to figure out a way to have a studio set up in there so i'm trying to like delete some things right base that's dope so you're gonna go out there and then you have a, f- a festival that's not canceled in indiana <laughs> well we had this other one um uh, what was it called spring up or reconnection and like beats antique was playing and you know, we Canceled. emailed them, not to just call them out or anything, but like we were trying to keep up like, hey, is this still going on? Okay, yeah. cool. Blah, blah, blah. And then two, and they were like, yeah, sure. And then like two weeks before, canceled. So now I, I really don't keep my hopes up about anything so, this year. Yeah, it's it's a very common theme. I mean, obviously I'm experiencing the exact same thing right now. Like it seems like we're booking as many as are getting canceled. It's like we can book more of them to make ourselves feel better, but they just keep mm. on getting canceled. How far out is that one in Indiana? It is the last weekend of September. Okay, so, we got so they bit. still have plenty of time to cancel. <laughs> <laughs> um, who knows? You know, like the thing that I'm experiencing is like we have stuff that we have shows that are on the books and it's like, okay, we're a few weeks out. Is it going to get canceled? Do we want to actually book flights? Mm. You know, is it smart to book? Is it going to make it? Are we going to lose more money? What's the, what's the, you know, best way to mitigate the risk here? Would you guys play a festival that if it happened right now, would you go play it? Well, we, so for example, we have the festival that we're booked at in, um, in Utah. It's like out by Salt Lake city. It's called incandescence. It's, um, August 29th, which is coming up fairly quick. And like, they just released the lineup. 
And it's like, you know, is this really going to happen? Really? I'd be yeah. surprised if it does, but we have, but we were obligated to act as if it is because they haven't canceled. So we're going with through the motions. You know, I'm going to start planning with the band soon, time to practice and drive out there. And then um, we have one in the middle of September uh, down in South Dakota called the Deadwood Jam. And um, they just did that big bike. Did you see this in the news? They had this huge biker rally. <laughs> my Rocco was uh, telling my roommate was telling me about it it's massive you know and it's like who knows what happened from that maybe like there's thousands of cases of covid i have no idea yeah you know like, nobody really knows yet because it's too soon i think that actually the rally is still going on i forget what it's called like the, the yeah but my group. take on it is like didn't like thousands and thousands and thousands of people in every major city and almost the entire world just gather yeah so that, i feel like this isn't a lot very much different than that I mean, it's not, but then again, we did see a big, uh, a big increase in COVID cases after that. I mean, I don't know at, at this point, it's not that I, it's not that I don't think COVID's real. <laughs> it's just that I don't, it's starting to lose its, you know, it's, I'm just starting to not care so much. Yeah. Well, you also know? if you try to have any conversation about it at all, the, like, on the uh, agenda that someone wants you to be on, it's, well, like as long as you're talk, not having but, a conversation yeah. on the internet, you're fine because then you're having a real human connection and then people, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like we yeah. can have a conversation. We're not going to berate each other because it's like we're <laughs> get to see each other face to face. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it has been a weird tightrope to walk though. Have you been in like social situations at all where like if COVID comes up and like you think something and you're like, ah, I better not say that. You know, I've just become so adept at not saying how I truly feel about a lot of things by being able to, you know, be kind of intuitive and read the room that it's not really a big deal for me. Mm. People are tell you know, telling me about how much they love Trump. And I'm like, yeah, totally good for you, you know, right on. And like, it doesn't bother me. It's because I'm, you know, I understand this, that there's sides for everything. The, the, the way, the reason people believe what they do is because they've had it mirrored back to them through their physical reality. Yeah. And until you um, can understand that whatever we know was going to going to end up being rear, mirrored back to us in our physical reality, um, we don't know that we could know something different. We think there's mm. there's you know there's absolute truths, and yeah. um, the only absolute truth for me is that the truth that I perceive is constantly changing. So I'm just open to whatever you know. I'm open to being wrong too. Trump may truly be draining the swamp and ridding the world of pedophiles. Like, you know, all these memes and stuff. Um, yeah. I have no idea. I don't know. It's just, it's, it doesn't feel relevant to my situation. What's relevant to me is, is my connection in my heart, you know, my, my, my connection to my music, um, my spiritual path, my, my relationship with my family, with my daughter, my friends, you know, and, you know, doing stuff that I'm excited about, having fun, ways in which I'm deepening my connection um, to my human experience and learning to enjoy it and all this other stuff, man. We bog ourselves down so much with that stuff. Look what I, uh, look I love that. I love That's that the take thunderbolt. on it. That's like the tower ready to fall. It's gonna, bound to fall. What is that? One of those uh, voodoo cards or what are no, they called? No, it's tar tarot deck. Tarot deck. Yeah, voodoo Thunderbolt card. is like, it, so this is the Osho Zen tarot deck, which I've been talking about a lot, but it's it's bomb. I really love it. And that and that one is like a translation of the, uh, I don't know if you've ever done tarot, but it's the um, it's called uh, the tower. It's like a bound to fall. Mm. Do you, so we're both a fan of Sam Harris, right? Yeah, I love Sam Harris. 
Have you heard Sam Harris talk about tarot decks? No. What does he say about it? He's <laughs> so interesting, man. You know what? Wasn't isn't he like a figurehead for the atheist movement? Oh yeah, super hardcore. But in a, in a weird way, he's like the most spiritual. It's so weird. Atheist. I thought but like. That... Well, I mean, a lot of it is like you know, whole whole. He he's not too mean about it. You know, like Ben Shapiro kind of has an attitude when he tears something apart. Well, Sam yeah. Harris will tear something apart. It depends on who he's talking to like whole tear astrology completely apart whole tear tarot cards apart but he'll, he'll do it with from a place of like you know understanding and a bit of yeah. compassion i think he's he's, he's really like, nice worked on that yeah he's, an, he's a nice guy he's but very nice. you know, i mean uh, he's got such a he has such a calming voice too and so i'm a huge fan of his meditation app i don't know if you meditate but his dude, meditation- every single day i get on that we're on the same app on you know when it app, says bro? when it's like 600 people meditating right now. Oh, I'm dude, one. I'm one of those motherfuckers. <laughs> Shit, we're meditating together every day. Um, yeah, his app is fantastic. His meditations are so good. And so I was listening to one yesterday, and check this out, bro, from an atheist. Okay, I mean, I don't know if he even considers himself an atheist, but he is a figurehead for the atheist movement. And then he says something like, "He's like, where is that attention coming from? Is it inside of your head?" Or is it from source? I'm like, what? Source? What's source to you, Sam Harris? What does that even mean? Is that, is that, is that allowed to exist within, um, does that coexist with atheism? Source? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we all just call things different things and then we get caught up in the language of I it. I know. Yeah. Because like, I've met some like really hyper-spiritual individuals that um that were no different to me than like a very like hyper christian and i don't think anything's wrong with either of those things but uh that then they would like be like oh christianity this or like religion this and then and then i would be like well you know i mean you're we're i feel like we're just calling things two different things and we believe in them different ways you know you some people are like oh you know the universe takes care of me you know i I trust in the universe Mm -hmm. you could just change the word universe to god yeah. And it's, you're saying the same thing. You're just calling it something else, you know? So, um, I feel like for That's whatever it. reason we've heard in like seven, it's like somebody who was raised very conservative Christian wants to separate themselves from those labels. So they might still think the same thing and believe it to an extent, yeah. but they want to call it the universe or spirit or whatever. And you just yeah. substitute the word, but you know, yeah. I don't know. Do you agree? Uh, no, I, I get, I totally agree. And like the word, the term atheist used to bug me in the past. I'm like, dude, how could you be an atheist? Make any fucking sense. But now I understand that, you know, through my experience of my belief, everything's mirrored back to me. It's like, Oh, you know, there's guides and spirit and all this stuff that I believe in. And it's like, I just live it and experience it all day long because it becomes something that I'm resonant with. And like, you know, I'm literally communicate to spirits and guides through my cards. And it's like, it's, absolutely real no one's gonna tell me that it's not real because it's real for me and the thing that's happening to me is the same thing that's happening to the atheist the same thing that's happening to the christian people believe and they receive and so it's like it's all good i understand but here's what i don't understand about the term atheist atheist infers that you believe there is no god it's like and then there's like agnostic which is you don't you haven't had it proved to you but you're open to the idea if it did happen I would take someone like Sam Harris to be open to the idea, right? Yeah, I think he is. I don't. I don't think it'd be. It'd be nice to find you know do some YouTube searching. But you know when he talks, 
he's a, to me agnostic is like the only thing that's real as as mean as that might sound to somebody who really believes in god or whatever it's like nobody knows so the only real answer is i believe this but i don't know um and i don't know so i i'm certainly agnostic i don't really know i i feel like it it what am i trying to say here i mean i think that he is i think he is he does call himself atheist because i'm looking online and um he has all this stuff it's like an atheist with the manifesto sam harris it's like from his website (laughs) it's so odd Uh, to me i think yeah i think agnostic is really the only thing it's like I mean, there's some people like atheists would be the same thing to me as saying, oh, I'm I'm Christian. It's like you sign up for something. It's like saying I'm Republican. So you sign up for everything under that, mm. you know, oh, this is what I am. It's it's not experiential based, um, you know, living. It's just signing signing up as a member of the cult, you know, whereas spirituality for me is exper- experiential. You yeah, well, experience things. It's funny. You should read uh, his book, Waking Up. That's, you know, it's basically his app, but it's in a yeah. book and it's really, it's really great. But uh, that's where I don't feel like he's an atheist or maybe he changed throughout his career. It's funny. He says that on his website because on in the book and you would really like this at the beginning of it, he explains he's like spirituality is a hot, hot button word. And like, this is what it is to me. This is why I'm using that word yada 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 but um it's really really interesting because you know i agree i almost don't even like to use the word spiritual now because it usually implies a lot of things that i'm not um and then i start to lose words to describe myself but you know i I do think spiritual is the best way to describe it but what i love about sam harris is like for me once it gets into nonsense with anything like i really followed Buddhism a lot when I was a kid and went to monasteries and I was sitting in these circles where everyone's chanting and getting on the ground and standing up. And then you have to do this thing a certain amount of times. And it seems very cultish and didn't make any sense to me. Okay. I don't. And that's not a Buddhist (laughs) anymore, you know? And what I like about Sam Harris is, is that he seems to be able to take what we know works, you know, and everybody is like, Oh, everyone gets kind of shitty when you just like science. But you know, if, if something is repeatable and provable, then I can get down with it. And yeah. so like, he really convinced me on meditation. Um, and Dude, his meditation, you know, I don't, I his don't think you have to like, uh, talks are, are incredible. He's very good at it. It's the, yeah. they're the best, the best I've found. Yeah. I always make fun of them with any of my other friends that meditate. Well, every time we're doing something and I'll just be like, all right, now okay. bring yourself see. back to the, uh, to the breath and um, now just look at your visual field, but keep your eyes closed (laughs) and you just get like his, his like things just stuck in your head. Yeah. He's got a real, real chill vibe. I like him. Do you listen to the lessons on there? Um, I haven't listened. I I've, I'm nearly done with the 30 day uh, course. Oh wow. He just changed that. It was 50 days and now it's 28. 28. Well, it was third. Well, it, Oh, By really? the time I got it, it was 30. Mm. And then I was on day 28 and then it said, click OK <laughs> to change to the new course. And I clicked OK and then it put me on day 21. So I, don't, I have no idea what's going on, but I'm just doing these meditations <laughs> and they're dope and I love it. And I'm I'm getting <clears throat> I'm getting um, quite masterful. I had a, I had a, a an experience, bro. This is where um, Sam Harris would would maybe be out of the the equation for understanding what's going on with this scientific mind. But um, 
So I've been doing this thing through the meditation where you're essentially, you know, you become, you start watching your your thoughts, you start watching your feelings and all everything in your field of perception, you start watching it and you really essentially end up building a, a separation between you, who you really are as whatever you're connected to, quote unquote, source and the per- part of you that is brain, that is mind, right? And so it's through this space that you kind of can almost like watch your thoughts as if they belong to someone else, which is a very curious um, even concept, you know? And one day mm. I was driving. I wouldn't recommend anyone doing this while they're driving, obviously, because it sounds weird off the bat. But I was having some ego thing with somebody in my head. And this was early in the morning. <clears throat> and um, I was just doing this thing. I was replaying this negative situation. I was like, man, this is making me feel really negative right now. I don't want to think about this. So I started applying kind of the principle of his, um, you know, meditation you can do with your eyes open, where you're simply perceiving the reality around you and, and receiving it as opposed to judging it. And I went into this trance, bro. And um, I like popped through what I think is the astral realm. And I could kind of see the the uh, uh, eagle eye view of what was going on. And um, I got I got these magical twinkly feelings, bro. I cannot even explain. And then the whole day, like I get to, I can do it regularly now, where I can pop through to that reality. And the only way I can explain it is like this, like dream reality, where it's like an eagle eye view, see everything's going on, and everything feels easy and fun and light. And you kind of remember, you know, the the re. I kind of remember the reason I'm here is to is to feel joy. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. I mean, I. It's really changed my life. I, I tried to meditate a lot as a kid, and I even talked to you. I mean, a, a while back ago, and be like, you know, I don't meditate every day. Blah blah. I read his book. I took his course, and now it's a huge part of who I am. Oh, and, just a little science um, helps you get in there, huh? Yeah, a little, a little science. Well, it, it takes. You know, uh, I've just been confronted with a lot of, you know, just stuff that. I wish that I believed in yeah. and then I'll like get down to it and I'll read books and I'll listen to people just dis- like, well, I can never unsee that or unknow that. Now that's yeah. like not as real to me as the next person. It's not that it's not real, yeah. but it's just like, you know, if you're in yoga and they're like, all right, now this, we store a lot of emotions in our hips. So mm-hmm. if you need to cry during this post, go ahead and cry. And so I'll just like, is that real? And I get on the internet and I'm like, okay, it's not real. But well, hold on. You know, somebody else would be like, well, it's real to me, but there is an objective reality out there that's that's provable or non-provable. Otherwise, we wouldn't have lights and gas and uh, well, a comfortable there is, life. There is an objective reality in the, in the realm of, you know, physical science, but there's also realities that can't be proved through that objective reality that are that are seen, you know. And so I want to help you with. So what you were saying about the emotion thing, for example, you're going to go, you can go online and read anything about anything and find all the conflicting views on it. Anything Mm -hmm. that's, um, cause I have, I had this buddy growing up, dude. And every, every time I talk about anything, he goes, Oh no, look, that's on quackwatch.com. This is a scam. You know, (laughs) are you familiar with this website? No. Okay. There's like, there's, there's a website that's like, um, basically, I think it's kind of like funded by the Western Medical Society about anything alternative, right? Oh, yeah, um, you know, essential oils don't work for anything, which is, you know, who knows of, of any of that stuff. I think essential oils smell good. And when I feel good, my body feels good. But anyways, so emotion trapped in um, uh, emotion in your body. I've had um, three times in my life now. Um, one of them was... Um, 
uh, really bad knee pain, and the other two was like really bad back pain. The most recent time was um, I've had I had lower back pain for about three months, crippling, dude. I couldn't do nothing. You know, what I mean, I could do stuff, but it was just like it was ruining my life basically. And so I talked to my um, dude, my my dude, uh, Javen Michael, uh, who is my my spiritual mentor, you know, and, um, he tells me that it's emotion. I'm like, all right. So we do this whole thing where he talks to me about what's going on with it, why it's there, talks to my guides about it at, by the end of us literally just sitting down and having a half an hour talk about it. My pain is gone and it never comes back. This happens, this happens to me multiple times. So it's like, there is some, there has to be some connection there for, for it to be happening in my life. You know, is it simply the power of suggestion? Well, if that's the case, then the suggestion is causing an emotion that is literally releasing a pain. Therefore, we could, you know, deduce that the emotion has to have some play in it. Yeah. You know? Well, that's why I say I think it's real to whoever it's real for. Yeah. So it's like if somebody really, really believes, man, this, I'm so emotional and like, stretch all my emotion to hold my hips like and then they have a good cry yeah. and they really believe that the entire time it's yeah. odds are they're gonna walk out of there feeling like a catharsis and like relieved and like totally, they got dude. rid of some stuff but to me i that's why i i don't i'm not like proud of it i dislike that i want to like be so objective about everything you know yeah. i want to get over that that hump but it's like you know there are some things that yeah you could find conflicting views online but yeah. if you go down to like the studies it's like i have a friend if if she gets a ketchup from a restaurant she wants to see if it's organic or, enough or not yeah, she'll yeah. like hold it in her hand and do like this body test you know like okay. something like that she could do that a thousand times with a bunch of different ketchups and they could study it and they could do it one week and the next week and you could pretty much see if she's figuring out with her intuition if things are organic or not i would yeah. put a lot of money on that <laughs> You know, so that's where like I'm. I wish I wasn't so objective because then maybe I could hold the ketchup. What would you put your money on? (laughs) That she does not know if it's organic or not, and like, yeah, you know, if just by holding something. But I, I mean, maybe I'm open to be being proven wrong. But that's why I just it's hard for me, and it's hard for me in in this community sometimes where it's like I, I get a little too objective, and then I don't. You know, I had to work on like not a not a trying to bring up the counterpoint to everything constantly or being your friend. Like, well, that's on quack watch. That's, yeah. that's a scam. You know, I don't want to be that guy. Um, yeah. But it's all, yeah, it is also hard when I get in conversations. Cause I feel like I'm, you know, always like, well, yeah, there's this and that. And I'm always bringing up some counterpoint and um, yeah, I wish I, I, I want to like, I want to believe more, but we have a song called believe in something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's basically about my struggle. Um, with religion and spirituality and yeah. everything. And it, and it just came to, you know, I have friends that are very, very Christian, super Christian and yeah. they're my age and they're great fucking people. And they're like yeah. some of the best people I know. Right. And they really follow all their morals and they would never cheat on their partner. And they're, they say what they mean and they're yeah. trustworthy and they would never steal from anybody. Like they have just good values and, and they're good people. And you don't have to be Christian to have that. To me, it's like the power of belief. So it's like I sometimes see somebody who's very, very spiritual with like burning sage and believing in astrology and all these things that I don't do and that I don't think anything's wrong with. And they're very happy and they have like, you know, like, oh, I'm doing my ceremony today or I've got my altar. Like, I'm just like, I wish that I could 
be that sometimes, but I feel like there was like some sort of veil lifted by freaking Sam Harris and other people where I just like, it's so hard for me to like, well, there's all that information out there is all that information is out there for everybody, but you choose what you align with. And, Mm. you know, I don't think anyone's wrong. They're speaking from their objective reality, but you know, my belief on objective versus subject is a little bit different. I think it all becomes subjective based on, the perspective you know even within the realm of science things get really fishy when we start getting down to the atomic level that it gets super weird and they don't really have any explanation for it other than like oh you know it's string theory and you know quantum entanglement and you know so for me it's been a process of it's not like finding someone that i like oh i like them and then taking everything that they say as gospel Mm. it's been how does this apply to me in my life which has been this is it's been a hard road for me to get there because I've had to like kind of assimilate. I assimilate all these pieces of the things that resonate with me, <clears throat> with my reality, and um, it's working out great. You know, I'm I'm finding <laughs> tools for my own happiness that have really changed my life, mm. and and then you know I'm effectively sharing those with other people through my you know life coaching stuff and um, just applying. Um, these belief systems, you know, it's like, I feel like the belief system ends up dictating your reality. So why aren't we actively engaged in trying to find the best belief system possible that's going to most positively affect our reality? And the Mm. one for me that I've found that's the best is that, you know, it's, it's like, it's always just a reflection of my, of my thoughts. My, what I receive is a, a reflection of what I'm, you know, thinking about and calling to myself through my attention. And so my attention has, over time, become so positively focused. I've become so good at it that really I'm getting reflected back into my reality. Nothing but positive, man. I'm just mm. getting more and more excuses to feel excellent the way that I am feeling in my resting state. You know, love that. Works yeah, great. That's a, yeah, it's a perfect outlook. Yeah, and I really I look up to that, and and anyone who feels that way, and yeah, I really do feel like uh, whatever systems you put in place are going to become you, and then they're gonna they're gonna factor into who your friends are and yeah. how your relationships grow, and it really yeah. you know means a lot to, to who you're going to become as a person. And but like for me, like meditating and using yeah. using that app, it's really changed my my ego and like my point of if I'm in a conversation like feeling like I have to win or something I, I, yeah. I'm able to let down the reins more because of a totally. 10 minute session in the morning and I think that's just because I'm sitting there in my consciousness and, and seeing that everything's appearing disappearing and then recognizing my mood and my thoughts yeah. and watching it all come and go and then and just realizing like well all the shit that I think about worry about and do and I'm stressed about everything in my head it's just just things appearing in my head like i on them and then and then when you're in that place like how you said you kind of went somewhere or whatever you know even when i feel maybe i don't go all the way there but i just feel so calm when the meditation's over i don't even want to open my eyes for a while yeah. and, and when i'm there i think i'm like i'm so just watching everything come and go that i i've even shed who am i like i'm you you tell yourself you're these things i'm a musician i'm a runner I'm Dakota Mucky. That's my name. And like all those things just exist because you say they do, but they don't have to. You could be anyone. You're really just consciousness and everything else on top of that. I feel like, you know, it's, it's, I guess it's ego, but not ego is not always a bad thing. It's just, it's just this 
part of you that feels real. But, you know, whenever yeah. Sam's like, now, now turn consciousness upon itself, where, who's the person who's looking? And you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah, you what's realize, up, dude? This is a spiritual atheist right here. What is, what is consciousness to an atheist anyways? Where yeah. does it come from? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's got some some very mind blowing. I mean, you could look up like on YouTube, like Sam Harris on consciousness, and he, you know, he's like a neuroscientist, so he's yeah. like, studied the shit out of the brain. And yeah, it's he has some mind. Like I listened to his lesson. You should listen to his lesson on the Waking Up app on free yeah. will. And uh, oh, dude, it, the free will stuff trips. You know, his uh, free will, his teaching on free will have actually um, very much. Uh, transformed the way that I look at the world. Really? How so? Well, I find solace in the idea that we do not have free will. Here's why. It means everything is ordained. You can do no wrong. So it takes off the pressure. You're just flowing, mm. baby. And when you go, okay, well, it's all done. I mean, and then you know, like I know what I've always been meant to be i could feel it in my heart you know and there's no never been any doubt there but there's always been this fact that i'm not doing it right i'm trying too hard but so i've now developed this belief that the only way that you can not do it perfectly is by worrying about that you're not doing it perfectly you're introducing the resistance into it so just allow things to be be guided by your heart and your destiny will unfold man it's like it really does actually you know not having free will really does um, infer that there is destiny. I love right? that. Yeah, basically. And I mean, if I think like a lot of people believe in fate without saying it, you know, if anybody's ever had like a, a situation where everything went wrong and, and then eventually, you know, they just let go and they're like, ah, guess it just wasn't meant to be. You know, yeah. some people say that without even thinking about it, but like to say something's not meant to be means that there's some sort of divine I know. or it's source. Funny how we all talk that way. <laughs> yeah. But but wouldn't it infer if something's not meant to be, then who or what would be making it meant to be or not meant to be? You're right. inferring that there's some sort of, you know, universal source or 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 God or yeah. or whatever that has a plan laid out. No, I think that we're all I think that humanity is inherently spiritual and connected to the idea that we are more but i think it's um i think that it's taught out of us and i think the way that it's most commonly ta taught out of us is by people being forced into organized religion and mm. having very intense uh, negative experiences with that out from their childhood and then you know through religion feeling all this guilt and shame for what is feels natural inside of them you know and then people have this strong diversion to the idea of any sort of um, higher power and it's kind of a shame you know it's not to say that all religion is bad i think that a lot of good does come from you know the teachings of christ for example are all the all the love in your neighbor stuff man it's right it's right on, you know. I think it's yeah. you know. There's a good saying. It's like it's not it's not Christ. I have a uh, it's not Jesus Christ. I have an issue with it's his followers. <laughs> you know, they take stuff in an extreme <laughs> in extreme way sometimes. But mm. I think yeah. it's inherent. I think it's an there's an inherent aspect of um, you know 
spirituality in nature. But then again, maybe that's just myself, and I'm and I'm coloring the world through my through my lens, which is fine. I like to look at it that way. It makes me feel good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I I've been I I really have been just absolutely grateful for for that app and for those meditations because it's yeah. been a way for me to. Um, I don't know, just kind of get there. I was feeling a little lost. Like, I don't believe in anything. And, and then don't say, I don't believe in that. And, I, you know, I, I don't think it's a good thing about myself. So if I go on any rants where I'm like tearing apart something that yeah. everybody believes in, it's more like I'm just, I'm trying to get to the bottom of it constantly. Well, you're struggling with and, yourself in a sense too, it sounds like. You don't even want to do that. What was that? It sounds like you're struggling with yourself in a sense and the fact that you don't even really want to be that critical of anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm trying, I'm trying to bring it down. I'm, I'm, Talking about how I don't want to be critical whilst being critical, but You're criti- you know, criticizing yourself for being critical. <laughs> I'm criticizing the critic and my inner critic. It's like critical inception. Yeah, which could be a good song name. Totally. But I used to be in a band called Critical Inception. No way. Really? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just what? Playing. I'm just kidding. I was, I was about to say you got an RV. You're in a band called Critical Inception. Okay, I believe in everything Whoa. now. What but I was hell? actually going to say back when you were when you were talking about that you know, the the aspect of yourself that is critical that you maybe don't appreciate or want to change, you know, don't, don't be hard on yourself, you know, just allow that part of yourself to exist. Cause that's a, that's just a part of your, you know, your mind or your ego that, uh, you know, that needs a little love too. It's like, you know, it's totally fine to be that way, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's through the acceptance of it and love of those parts of yourself that we can kind of, um, slowly coax ourselves towards a more um desirable self in my opinion yeah yeah well that's like meditation has helped me in 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 such like incredible ways to where it's like for example let's say like i'm in the car with somebody and we need to be there by a certain time and like they want to stop too much and maybe we start arguing and there's tension and we're like bugging each other and then i'm all worried about getting there and there's all these things in my mind but meditation helps me to just be like you know what like you know, like, fuck it. Like, here we are right here in this moment. Take a breath. Look at the trees around me. Mm-hmm. Here's this human being. I'll never have this moment again. Yeah. It's all very, uh, you know, uh, cliche, I guess, to uh, talk about things that way. But I mean, it, it really is. It, it helps you. I feel like meditation just helps you to have better relationships with those around you because you can kind of drop all of the nonsense chatter in your brain yeah. and just get to what's real right now. Which do you is think really... that um, do you think that everything is real in life? Do you think that life is this real, solid thing, or do you, or do you think of it more as like um, akin to a, a dream-like experience, or do you find separation in those things? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would like to think it's it's both. The real answer is I, I don't know, um, but I think you know, I think. It's definitely a dreamlike state, like trance and and uh, lots of energy and lots of moving parts. But um, you know, it's interesting when you're meditating. It seems like that's what's that's what's real, and you start to realize you're like, wow, everything is just light and shadow yeah. and sounds and totally. sensations and thoughts appearing in consciousness, and like yeah. this is all. It is, but I forget about that all day long. I'm so driven by tasks and conversations and things, and I'm so wrapped up in all of this stuff in my head. And 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 like right now, for these 10, 20 minutes, it's like I'm exiting the vortex that what I consider is the real life to enter the real life for a moment. It's almost when somebody, you know, like does DMT or has a mushroom trip, like they feel like that was reality in a in a 
you know, what's the term? Tune out, drop in, drop in, tune out. Um, uh, <laughs> tune in, turn on, drop out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like it's, it's, you know, when they say tune in, well, what do they mean? They, they're like, instead of, you know, everyday life. So it's, it's very, it's different. It's weird. You know, I, I think if I went down the path too far of thinking everything's a dream state and nothing's real that I do, then I might become a sociopath. So it's like, I like to believe, you know, like I'm going to create this album and it comes out in October and I'm doing this and that. And I like to believe all that's real to an extent, but if it all gets to me and I'm depressed or sad or anxious or whatever, and I go and meditate, well, then I'm just like this moment, like the birds chirping, the wind I feel, I mean, like the the gravity that's holding me in my chair, like this is what's real. So long winded answer to your question. No, it's a really good answer because it's like, you are essentially, it's the same thing, you know, meditation does, it kind of dematerializes the reality of the world around us. And it brings us back to our center of what's, what's really real is Mm. us. You know, the world goes on and things happen and things are, you know, wacky and strange, but the, the way that we respond to it is, um, you know, what really dictates our experience. I'm curious, have you ever had a mystical, uh, mystical experience? I mean, I don't really know what, uh, what exactly that would entail. So maybe not, but I've had, you know, really crazy trips, um, and, and crazy psychedelic experiences. And then through meditation, um, only a handful of times, uh, what's happened to me is basically I've, I've like seen myself meditate, I guess, astro project. Yeah. I've like come out of my body and seen myself meditating. And then when I come out of those meditations, I'm like a different human for like an hour. You know, like when you do DMT and you have the afterglow. Oh yeah. I feel like that afterglow for a a long time, but I don't always get there. After anxiety for me. What was that? After DMT, it's more like after anxiety, but yeah. Really? It's not so much an afterglow. No, (laughs) not at all. Wow. My experience is different. I, I feel like, loss of inhibitions and loss of anxiety and like really wholesome and loving and yeah uh for like a good 45 minutes i've never had that um you know i've heard you know people describe dmt in all these amazing incredible ways my experience with that particular chemical has been um a feeling of yeah this is pointless like there's nothing it's like a paper charade of something's trying to impress me or whatever and then afterwards i'm like i got nothing from that Mm. It's just maybe the way that my body responds um, to chemicals, to, you know, specific yeah. chemicals. Well, and I've also never like blasted off per se. I've been around friends who have, but I've never, yeah. you know, went there. I've mostly really? done it out of the, uh, out yeah, of the I, I blast off often. Really? Yeah. I would love to. I, I yeah. want to. The, the one time go, I had the opportunity to. Hit. One more time. You got to take that extra hit after you're like, you're already tripping and you take one big more hit and just hold that shit in. Uh, you got to like oh, stay grounded while your vision's like going out long enough to take that extra hit. And then you go to your body. Mm. Um, I've heard good things about five MEO. Like it's, that's pretty next level. Yeah. Well, I hear that on Joe Rogan's podcast. What is that? Five MEO is a, is a, is a different compound of DMT. They call, um, it the God mo- molecule. That's what the one they derive from the Bufo toad. 
the frog. Oh, uh, okay. I've yeah. seen that on. And so you can get chemical derivatives of it and smoke it. And also they do a thing where they burn it into your arm. That's the traditional one. Mm. Um, I've heard all sorts of different reviews about the one that when they burn in your arm, that's bufo. That's a traditional way. But the stuff that you smoke, I've heard, is like complete ego death. Jeez. Yeah, I remember saying, man, what's that show? There's an old show on Vice where this guy just goes around doing a bunch of drugs all yeah, over the Hamilton's world. Yeah, Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia. Yeah, and I remember He's saying, badass. like, they had this toad all, like, tied up. I was like, poor little toad. <laughs> yeah. Like a Jesus toad hanging there. Totally. So no mystical experiences, huh? Like, really, what I was asking about, like, for me, I've had experiences in my life where it was like, some of them were on um, on psychedelics, you know. I believe I do believe that um, psychedelics give us a window into higher realms. Um, you know, a lot of people go, oh, I take this drug and I feel good, so now I just need to take this drug all the time. But really what the drug does is it gives you a window into, a, into realms that can be achievable through, you know... Uh, spiritual practice through, through, you know, long-term, you know, meditation and awareness and those types of, of things. And, um, I've had experiences in my life where, you know, the only way, you know, you could describe it from a, you know, physical perspective is like magical shit going on, you know, mm. reading of minds, shared, um, download experiences, and then, you know, physical realities manifesting and, um, those for me have been the, you know, foundation upon that I've built my belief of, you know, the spirit realm being present in our lives. And it went from like, oh gosh, maybe this is real to like now it's, it's, it is the only reality that is relevant to me. And it's through operating in those realms that, um, just in the in the subtle energetic realms of you know our heart and minds that uh, literally the world around me seems to change and respond and react you know mm. um, Sam Harris t does talk about that a, a bunch about mystical experience he says he's never had one and I think some people I think there's different archetypes that are meant for this human experience I think there's the archetype um, of myself who's you know I'm I'm destined for you know more to be a mystic, to have more mystical experiences. And there's people that are destined to be deep within the realms of, uh, you know, this, these tangible sciences in order to create, you know, these technological advancements. And, and then some people who are walking the line in between such as um, Sam Harris, you know, who's like the, this like guy who's, you know, affecting our lives. We use his meditation app every day, yet he's a, you know, a self-proclaimed atheist. It's just, it's really interesting, man. Yeah. I, after this, I'm going to go deep down the rabbit hole because like I, I've seen him. Of course, he's an atheist. There's there's some really famous. Um, it's a three part series. They're all two and a half hours long. Yeah. Totally worth the watch. But it's it's Sam Harris, Jordan Peterson and Ben Shapiro. I love and they're all Jordan debating Peterson, on stage. You know, Ben Shapiro's Jewish. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Peterson's Christian. Yeah. And Sam Harris is self-proclaimed atheist. Yeah. But I mean, of course, Sam Harris's logic is so so good i mean it's very it's, sound it's, it's yeah and that's i think that's why he's a figurehead for the atheist movement because if you watch a debate between him and a christian scholar you're going to take some things from it to you know 
for yeah. your little when you argue with your friends about religion and yeah. Sam Harris just really really tears it apart um, yeah. in a lot of ways and what I like that he does and what he really changed my mind because I got to a point where I was like you know let people believe whatever they believe but I'm, I'm pretty convinced um, that believing in dogma and believing in things that aren't real um, is really historically dangerous and should at least people should be able to believe whatever they want, but it should uh, nonsense should be called out when there's nonsense so that we can all be on the same page and nobody's joining a cult and murdering. But you don't change people by calling them out though. That's the issue is that it's well, just not calling them out in like an accusatory way, but just having more conversations and being like, you know, like that sounds like nonsense to me and, and not Mm -hmm. like, you know, like, you know, like it's like somebody's in a mental hospital who's schizophrenic seeing yeah. all kinds of things doesn't necessarily help them to be like, those things are real. No, no, it's real. You're all, it's all real. Like, it, uh-huh. you know, that, that person, you know, and maybe they are, maybe they aren't. I don't really know what I'm trying to say, but like, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like call, at least saying what I think about things mm-hmm. is good for, is good for people. And everybody should say what they think about things. And then um, like, religion in general and dogma in general is unhealthy as a society and hopefully we should rid ourselves of it and a lot of what he says is like the bible the quran they should be in a section of a bookstore with all the other self-help books you yeah. shouldn't have their own special religious section because there's nothing special about them they're just books like any other book yeah you know um i hear i hear what you're saying you know i'm i'm kind of a non-dualist i believe that we need um we need the delusion in order to have the lifting of the veil. We need to have the misinformation to discover the real information. We come here to the amnesic realm to forget everything so we can remember it again because it is creation. There can be no physical realm of of this particular earth realm without the contrast of the light and the dark, the good and the bad, the up and the down, the left and the right. It's just, it's the way that it is. And so, you know, um, I don't have resistance to people believing what they believe because through my resistance to someone else believing what they believe, I cause resistance in myself. Therefore, I cut myself off from source. Therefore, I'm not being the most powerful self I can be. And therefore, I'm not helping people in the way that I do help people, which being, is being connected to my source, to my re- reality you know yeah but don't don't we all draw a line in the sand somewhere different with that so it's like you know if somebody's running a cult and they have Mm -hmm. eight women and they rape them every day and they all are believing in it and he believes in this crazy manifesto i mean where most of us aren't going to be like well you know let them believe whatever they believe and then all (laughs) through all of history there's you know uh christianity all religions human sacrifice throwing people down the pyramids all the slaves you know, all, all kept under the word of God. Yeah. Um, so throughout time by having conversations and calling out nonsense, when we saw it, we created less suffering in the world. No, I I hear, I hear you, man. And I do, I do believe that there is a, um, I mean, obviously uh, what I'm saying is what I'm saying is that you know, everything in reality has its place. Therefore, yeah. all the people who are calling out and doing on the forefront of fighting the battle, it's all needed to be. But that's not my archetype. My archetype mm-hmm. is a vibe holder and an energy holder. And through holding of that energy, I become a beacon. I become a lighthouse for others who aim to do the same. And um, it's the way through which that I'm, um, you know, evoking positive change in, in my uh, sphere. It's not through resistance. It's it's through my acceptance and love. And I also don't resist people who resist because we need the resistors to have the non-resistors. Yeah. 
But you know, there's a saying that I really love: "Is resistance is persistence." You know, and it's like if we're gonna if we're gonna apply it to like you know people murdering, you know, innocent women and children, then I assume it you know it gives it a a bad you know a bad taste. But it's it really isn't. It's kind of an extreme situation. The truth is, is that there's still people being murdered right now, and there's still mm-hmm. children being you know destroyed and you know souls being eaten in the you know these these dark realms and i think that that is simply the nature of physical reality and there's infinite dark and there's infinite light and where we end up focusing our energy our you know our attention ends up becoming the realms which we are attracting ourselves into. You know, I would love to be able to save all of the innocent people that are suffering, but didn't we all come here to suffer in some sense? Isn't that the point of the physical reality is for us to come here to learn through our contrast. So, you know, it's like yeah. the, Don, the Carlos Castaneda books, the teachings of Don Juan. It's, um, you know, controlled folly. It's understanding that nothing you do really matters, but acting as if it does. And that's kind of where I'm, kind of where I rest because it gives off the importance of like, I don't, I don't need to save these lives, mm. you know? Well, I think, I think for a lot of situations, someone's like, oh, what about this? And then it's like a really small percentage extreme. But yeah. I think in the case of religion and death and murder and human sacrifice, yeah. it has been the norm for thousands of years. So it's not like taking a 1% extreme and just trying to point it out to play devil's advocate. I think yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's basically run rampant through uh, dogmatic practice is really terrible things. And I think the difference between, of course, there'll still be murder and rape and all kinds of bad things without dogma. But yeah. what dogma does is take an otherwise reasonable person who wouldn't commit an atrocity like that to do something like that in the name of what they believe. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there's someone who's just a sociopath and a murderer. There's no saving that guy most likely. Yeah. But there's a, you know, a lot of people out there who are good people. Otherwise who will do crazy, terrible things because of their dogma. And so that's, so I feel like, you know, I've been convinced that it's like, live and let live isn't always the best answer. And that mm-hmm. throughout time, having conversations, not necessarily arguing and, and, and being like so resistant or like being yeah. like mean spirited about it, but just having conversations be like, look, I don't think this is good for society. That's my opinion. And yeah. I, I don't believe in this and that and, and calling out things as you see them. When I you think see them, killing I think people, people is bad. I What'd do declare. I said, I think I feel like killing people is bad. Yeah, but no matter what, right? Well, what if somebody, I don't know, every, everything's nuanced though. So it's like, eh, I don't know, what am I trying, trying to say here? But a lot of people in the name of religion would kill for God or, yeah. you know, somebody who believes that spirit comes and talks to them every night and maybe they, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Well, what a spirit, hey, I'm, spirit talks to me every night. I'm clairvoyant, this and that and the other. Well, spirit tells them that person needs to die. Mm-hmm. They go do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's, uh, there's. No, it actually happens. It happens a lot. <laughs> really? <laughs> hey, bro. Well, I mean, you know, you should listen to my podcast with Javen Michael. It's the, I believe it's the second one that we did. Um, it's far out, bro. Really? Oh yeah. He okay. talks about all sorts of stuff. This guy was a career um, exorcist for twelve years. Jesus. He's one of my best friends. Wow. I want you to listen to it. I, I'm really curious to get your uh, perspective on it. But yeah. um, what you were saying on the um, 
about the, you know, the evil dogmatic stuff too. Jordan Peterson talks about a bunch about that. I love Jordan Peterson. I think he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks about, you know, the whole thing about, you know, people talking about Nazis and how Nazis are bad and I would never do that, you know. But he says the real, re- the real way we can overcome and not do it is by understanding that we would do it. Because yeah. those were all just innocent bystanders, and it was the situation in which, you know, they were all coaxed into, you know, believing that this was something that was okay. And so the real reason, the real way we overcome the evil in the world is by understanding that it exists within ourselves, you know. And that was something that, it's something that really resonates with me. Because mm. as I begin to perceive the evil in the outside, I, I, you know, start to see that those are the barbs within myself that um, are sometimes, you know, swept under the rug, so to speak, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I love Jordan, man. I read his, uh, his did you read his book, 12 Rules? No, but I watched the his YouTube synopsis of it. Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> I got, as I read good. The cliff notes, <laughs> just as good. He's like, he's like, you need to clean your room, okay? <laughs> um, I, I love, I love Jordan, man. He actually went to rehab for Xanax addiction, like six know, months ago. Bro. He's so bizarre. We have the same birthday, by the way. You and Jordan? Yeah. Um, wow. You know that he his diet he only eats two things: <laughs> meat and meat and water. Oh wow. Yeah, I know he's on the carnivore diet. Um, yeah, yeah, I've I've listened to those. Did you do you listen to the uh, Doctor Rhonda Patrick? Are you into the nutrition stuff? Um, um, like Joe, I'm not familiar with who that is. She's on Joe Rogan a lot. Super super intense nutrition stuff. Like not easy listening. Is Definitely she very all about scientific. the carnivore stuff? Well, she was digging into it, yeah. But like, it, it's it's. I think like the reason it works for people and gets rid of a lot of their problems is because it's an elimination diet. Yeah. So, um, totally. but I mean, I don't, I don't know about any of that. But that's really strange to me. I mean, Joe Rogan's doing what he calls a all meat August. So he's eating nothing but meat. But <laughs> I couldn't you, do it, man. I, mean, I think I my body cries for veggies. Yeah, I'm. I'm a. I'm. I need to eat mostly vegetables in order to maintain feeling good. Vegetables yeah. and fruits. Yeah, my 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 body wants them. My body needs them. We're both my in the yawn. What the, my body needs. We're both in the yawn mode. I really felt my privilege this morning. I had Starbucks delivered to the door. That's how wow. lazy I was. Yeah. Well, you got to get ready for the podcast, bro. Um, gosh, we had a pretty, this is, this is hella fun, dude. We talked about so many things. We really jumped around. Yeah, man. I love, I love talking with you. I love, uh, I feel like our conversations are nice and dynamic. Pretty juicy, bro. mm -hmm. Yeah. How, so are you enjoying doing this podcast? Yeah. You know, I'm just, I'm trying to keep it fun and have it not feel like a job. You know, I don't want, I don't want another thing that's like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. So, um, that's my main, just finding balance with it. Going, oh, I don't have a podcast this week. What am I going to do? And so my brother left for a week and then we didn't have a podcast. I was like, you know, it's fine if, if it goes a little while. And then you hit me up. You're like, hey, can we do a podcast? I was like, yeah, perfect. Nice. So it's like kind of just releasing to the flow of um, letting it kind of run on its own, you know? Cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. What, about do you, you have a yours? certain day that you release them or you just kind of release them after you record them or what's your flow? Mm, I try to do one a week. And um, it doesn't matter what day I release it. Okay. Cool. It's like a little birdie, you know, you just want to set it free when it wants to go. When he's ready. Sometimes they're ready and you just just let them fly, man. It's very true. Sometimes what I do is I'll record like 
I only, I release one a week typically on Wednesdays yeah. at 420 and I'll do like three or four in one week and then not even think about podcasts for a month. I, I did that last month. <clears throat> but it's bad. I, I decided to quit doing it because then huge things would happen in the news and it would sound like we're just ignoring it. Yeah. So like the George Floyd thing happened and I had like three podcasts recorded before that. And it's like, I was like, I, can't, I don't feel like I can release these without like at least addressing it at one point. Like, um, well, yeah, you can make, we're going to end up going down another intros, rabbit hole. Huh? You, know, you can re-record the intros to them. Yeah, yeah, and I, I've done that too, where it's like, you know, just so you guys know, this podcast was recorded before all this happened, yada, 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 but we could go down this rabbit hole for further. I'm sure we got it into here soon, but like, it is strange no matter what happens in the world um, from a public persona where you have to be, you have this idea of like, I have, I have to say something. The world demands an opinion out of me. And, and um, you know, sometimes you're at a point where you haven't really formed one yet. You're still learning and listening. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of pressure to just like, you either speak up on this now or you're an asshole. Yeah, see, I don't like that. I don't like, I don't like that version of our society. I don't like that pressure on people. Um, it c- goes hand in hand with the whole cancel culture thing of we need to expect everyone to adhere by our collective morality or else they are not valid because what it does is it it stops conversation it Mm. stops the conversation of hearing the multiple sides discuss it and um then people who have a different view don't have the ability to be converted to the other side they're just pushed into the dark and made to feel shame and guilt and inadequacy for not adhering to the you know the the mainstream. So I think it's a, I, I, I'm, I'm seeing this as a temporary phase in humanity. The, um, politically correct, this offends me, therefore it's illegal, you know, cancel culture. Um, anyone who's done anything wrong no longer gets to survive on the planet kind of a thing, you know. I'm, a, I'm offended by that. Well, very- <laughs> you can stuff that in your sack, mister. <laughs> I have um, a really, really been, tough life, actually. I mean, what's that? Well, my, my Starbucks was like 10 minutes late this morning. Yeah, like, that's really hard, buddy. I deal with um, a lot, you know. Well, tomorrow's going to be a better day. Um, so tell <laughs> us again about what uh, is going on with your, your uh, live stream so people know how to tune into that. Yeah, man. So uh, everybody always hyper promotes their things, but I have to say, I've put my heart, soul, energy into this. I, I bought all kinds of new equipment, learned all kinds of new programs. I've been taking weekly coaching sessions all so that I could kill this one live stream. So it really is Whoa, a special dude. show that I've worked hard on. Um, you have to go to Stage It. So uh, there's a there's a paywall, it. but it's pay what you can. You go to stageit.com and you don't even have to search for me. You can just go to the Steph Picks and Ooh. find my name there and, and oh grab a ticket. Gosh. And it's September 10th. 6.30 p.m. Mountain Time, but yeah, just look up Dakota Monkey, and it's it's on my website. It's everywhere you can find me. You'll you'll find information about it. Sweet beans. Hey, I love you, brother. Thanks for coming you, on. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Talk to you yeah. soon. I'm going to go listen to some Sam Harris. Peace. Right. Google. We'll have to have an optional theory for playing the game. Whatever you focus upon becomes your truth.